This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. Connect with Professor Dion Foster in a moment. He's the head of department of systematic theology and ecclesiology and the director of the Bayes Nordia Center for Public Theology. Morning, Dion. You good? I'm doing well, thanks, Brad. How you doing? Yeah, all good on this side. I'm loving the idea that we're going to talk about the idea of being successful as a, as a Christian. I think there's this feeling of you know, unless you really take up your cross daily and there's real lot of gnashing of teeth and suffering and everything is hard, you aren't a real believer. I think there's that feeling on the one side, and then there's other feeling on the other side that say, you know, these Christians that, that, are, that are making good money, you know, I, I, I don't know, they're probably selfish, and who knows what they're doing to get that money. So I, I, I don't know, I, I've, we've got these people <laughs> feeling very insecure about the idea of doing well or finding success in, in life, and I think people are quite curious about this concept. Dion, can you help us? Absolutely. Now, Brad, let me let me say um, that uh, that I, as you were talking, I got this image of uh, yeah, I, definitely not Methodists. Praise the Lord! But this image of people being baptized in lemon juice—that is <laughs> so true. Yes. But but somehow we think you know we have to be the Lord's uh, disappointed, anointed in order to to make our way into uh, in, into heaven. And of course, that's not true. Mm. You know, the, the scriptures are so full of of promise of God, that God does desire for us good things, and, yeah. and God desires for us to, to find wholeness and life and fullness. But of course, the other side is also true, and you touched on that, that success can be something that is quite, it's quite selfish and quite hollow at times, mm. particularly the ways in which I think contemporary culture presents success. Uh, you know, and a lot of that, Brad, I think mm. has to do with the motivation and the measurement of success. And that's what I want to touch on today, yeah. uh, those two things. Now, just to begin by saying, um, this week, what sparked this off, I was reading Genesis 24, and uh, Genesis 24, verse 12, is a prayer. And the prayer is, Lord, would you give me success? And mm. I, I suddenly, you know, started thinking about the very things you were thinking of. Here is this prayer in Genesis 24, and, and, and it's, it's asking the Lord, Lord, would you give me success? I went and read through the passage and saw that success is mentioned in, in that particular passage six times. And, mm. um, and all of it in, in a sort of supplicating, uh, asking God, a very positive light. And so I went in and had a look you know, through, through the scriptures at various uh, things mm. and see that you know, success is not something that, that is alien to God. Um, in fact, I, I think God desires that we should be the very best that we can be and do the very best that we can do. Yeah. However, the one thing that I did realize is that um, we need to be very careful that we don't measure what is successful by the standards of the world. Nice. You know, there are some very, very successful people who never owned very much. Um, and we can think, for example, about, you know, the disciples themselves. Mm. Even Jesus, we are told, you know, only had one robe. So... So certainly we know financial uh, security is not a measure of success. Social prominence is another one which society looks at, you know, particularly in our television, social media, uh, populist kind of culture. You know, mm. who do we see on the magazine covers? Who do we, you know, see on TV? Um, I don't want to say here on the radio because we love to hear people on the radio. Mm-hmm. But you know, these sort of measures of our, our following, uh, that, that can also be a little bit hollow. You know, um, I, I, I can tell you, you know, just from personal experience, 
Um, you know, when I had 10 followers on Twitter and 10 followers on Facebook and 10 followers on Instagram, I thought, wow, it's so great to have a bit of an influence, to have 5,000. And, and when I got to 5,000, I thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if I had 10,000? And, of course, the reality is if, if we're using that as a metric, we're, we're never going to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. So what is the measurement that we should have of success? Well, Brad, the first thing I would say is that our success is measured by meeting the task that God has given to us, by saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do with my life? What do you want me to do with this day even, so that I can look back at the end of it and say, it was a success. It it met the standard that you expected of me. Second thing I want to say is, uh, you know, God is the one who, who gives us the standard of success. Second thing I want to say is that success does take it does take commitment, sacrifice, and and you know the willingness to yeah. to take a bit of a leap of faith. You know all of the very successful people in the world, but even more so if we read in the scriptures, were people who were willing to say, "I'm going to live by faith and not just by sight. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to lean into God's promise. I'm going to be stretched by my my God who calls me to live in faith, and through that." I'm going to move closer and closer to God's standard of success for my life. And then, Brad, the third thing I just want to say, you see I'm a Methodist, three points here. The third thing I just want to say is that, um, you know, our success should always be based on love. And when I look at the Bible, the measure of success is never about the self. It's always about blessing God and blessing others. Mm. So maybe just to say to our listeners today, and and this has been a wake-up call for me as well, you know, even in the environment where I work, you know, they measure metrics. What do you publish? Who reads what you read? How often do you get cited? And I've had to say, Lord, I, I want to I live by a different metric. I want to mm. do my work in such a way that, that it's, it's directed by you, it's directed towards you, and it's used by you to bring blessing to others. I love this. I think this is fantastic. And the idea that God would be in these steps of faith. You know, you'd often hear from a, a world's perspective, Dio, and they would say, you know, you've got to take some risks. You've got to be prepared to sort of step out of your comfort zone and take some risks. We're on this side uh, hearing you say, those are good things because when you know what God has planned for your life and, and you're aware of the vision that you've cast for your life and you've worked together with God to know that there's a plan and a purpose and you can step out in faith because you know God is with you. So it's not just risk for the sake of risk. It's risk with faith as, as, a, as, a, as a means of carrying you into that unknown. Absolutely. And, and you know, think about it, uh, Brad. Um, I mean, just that, that very phrase you've used, you know, to, 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 to walk out in faith. I mean, the, the image there, of course, is the image of Peter getting out of the boat. Mm-hmm. And why does he get out of the boat? Well, he gets out of the boat because Jesus is already in the storm and says, Hey, Peter, come to where I am. It's safer than a wooden boat. You know? I'm <laughs> wow. the Lord of the universe. And, and I think that's the measure of success, to say, Lord, I, I want to live my life according to your principles. I want to be where you are and do the things that you're doing. And I want you to show me how to do them. And, and the good news is, Brad, when we do that, um, the things that we need, and very often even the things that we deeply desire, God meets those, you know. God meets those, but, but in a godly way, not in a destructive way. We, we find that, 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 you know, the resources we need, we receive them, but they don't destroy us. We use them to glorify God and, and do good for others. Amen. And, and we need 
Christian people to do well? I mean, how many stories have you heard where somebody said, um, you know, we needed this and somebody provided, someone would say, you know, then somebody came and they gave me a car. We had somebody sitting here a few months ago in one of our visiathons to say her dad loves sewing cars. He would do, <laughs> yeah, he says in his life he's sewn 11 cars already. And, oh, then, wow. and, and so he was feel like God's place on his heart, that person needs a car, you know, and you can't just give somebody a car if you can't afford to give a car. And he says he'll always get another car and then he'll be like, okay, I've got another car to give another car. Uh, and so these are, these are ways, things we don't always understand, but we need to see wealthy people in order, you know, they're people, they're billionaires that invest in Christian media and Christian work around the world. I mean, people have to do well and then have a passion for the gospel and spreading the gospel and the heart for people to see them support people and missions. So, you know, this idea of thinking we can't have rich Christian people, I mean, then where's all the, where's all the money going to come from? And Brad, in some senses, that is as idolatrous as riches itself. It's, it's, you know, when we become so obsessed with, with poverty, yeah. um, then it's as bad as being obsessed with wealth. You know, mm. we, as Christians, we should treat these material resources as neither here nor there. You know, uh, work hard, do the very best that you can. Um, you know, I know many Christians who, who have really been very successful financially or socially or you know, and, and those things have come, but that's not the aim. The aim yes. is not the money. The aim is obedience and service to, to Christ. We love that. Thank you so much. And for those who I can see, there's, uh, our WhatsApp line is busy with people sending things and responding. And we're grateful for this angle. And we're so pleased that we can have these kinds of conversations that don't need to ever be awkward. <laughs> and uh, so grateful that you could share scripture with us. This will be available as a podcast. Make sure you share it with someone or listen to it again or even share it at home. And someone sent a message. Brilliant, Prof. Thanks. So there you have it. (laughs) We love you, Professor Dion Foster. Thanks for your time this morning. Have a super-duper Thursday. Thanks, Brad. Bless you. Bye, then. Bye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.